Welcome to Dancing Around the Questions. Hello, sir. Who are you? Thanks for having me. I am Sid. That's what I'm known by. <laughs> and what are you known as in your side hustle occupation? Well, it's still DJ Sid for still now. Still DJ Sid yeah. for now. Playing with a couple names, but okay. haven't really um, knocked one down. You know, uh, still trying to figure it out, but DJ Sid for now. Yeah. Stick with that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You're the, the first DJ I've had on so far. Hopefully, really? I'm yeah. honored. Thanks, Hopefully man. I can get some more, but I'm glad you could join. Pleasure to be here. Me slash us. This is a one, <laughs> currently a one-person occupation, despite my friend's wishes <laughs> in previous episode. Um, but, yeah, we're here to talk about dancing. Let's do that. Yeah. So, first question, as is uh, customary, which is... Well, customary is usually something completely unrelated. Mm. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Uh, it's been a long day, but there was a very nice pizza that we just had, and it's been pretty relaxing and calming since I've yeah. been here. So it's been good. Shout out to Bottoms Up. Shout out to Bottoms Up. <laughs> One day I'll eat inside. I've only ever been able to get takeout so far. Never eaten inside. No idea what it's like, but it's a great pizza place. Yeah, true. For sure. It's a very satisfying meal. All right. Well, how are you doing, man? How am I doing? <laughs> um, fine. Yeah, we were talking earlier solid, about solid like, word. Yeah, but both both of <laughs> us have started uh, new new jobs recently. True that. Yeah. Um, you more recently than myself, but mm -hmm. things have started to pick up on my end, and I'm starting to see the daunting task slash tasks. The mountain ahead, ahead of me. Yes. Yeah. Which is fine. I. Would much rather be busy at work than not be busy at work because either way I have to be there. And I have been there and it sucks big time. Yeah. Things are good on my end Fantastic. otherwise. Yeah. Trying to settle down, trying to... Settle down? Well, no, not in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> trying to settle down in my own place that I moved in more than two months ago now. Um, Pretty just, settled. Yeah, it's... well, just... Get rid of a couple of things, open up some more dance space. G given that things have, um... anyway, we're here to talk about dance. Let's talk um, about dance. And great name, by the way. Side yeah. note. Thank you. D A T Q. Love the, it. Yeah. The thing I'm most proud of taking the uh, title away from my personal Instagram, <laughs> which I won't get into right now. So, first question: When? It's a two-parter. When and why did you start dancing? Well, if we just talk purely about dancing, right? It's very highly likely that if you meet an Indian person, they love dancing. Because my culture, where I grew up, it's all about music and dance and celebration through dance. And, and so there's always been a fascination for dancing. Um, this particular dancing, the Latin dancing, is something I got into when I was in college. And a buddy of mine was just like, hey, let's check out this class. And we went, and I loved it. And the community felt really inclusive, especially compared to where I was. I was doing my master's in South Carolina. So mm -hmm. that inclusion factor was not really there. It started there, and I loved the idea of just being able to freestyle with it. 
you know, not have to follow a choreography for the whole song at least and just do what you want with it and be creative with it and was the perfect balance of I don't really want to perform but also I don't want to dance in my room by myself so it was the perfect balance of okay I'm here dancing and for the audience of one your partner and that sounds like fun so that's where it all started that's really cool (laughs) <laughs> well, let's um let's unpack those those sections of it. Oh, we're gonna dissect things yeah. now. Okay. So there there's a lot of dancing in your family and your culture. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned, yeah. but it was like mostly choreographed. You say. Uh well well since we're going into that, let me just give a bit of context there. Mm-hmm. So yes, India does have a lot of dancing, um, and do have they do have certain dance styles too. But when it comes to, like, the celebration, the celebratory dancing, it's just moving your body to the music. Uh-huh. There's no pattern. There's no structure to it. You just move the way you want to. And that's it. Now, some people who love dancing, they start getting into performances and competitions and whatnot. And so that's why India has many popular dance reality shows and that people love to go to and all that. We have our own version of Dancing with the Stars and stuff like that. But... I was never really attracted to the performance part of it, even though as a kid I was always in those teams at school. But when I grew up, I was like, I don't really care about being on stage in front of 100 people, you know. Um, but it's always in there. Music starts playing. I, I want to tap my feet. I want to move around, you know. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Was the was that school stuff just competitive or was it more just like you guys are doing a like a play and you're you're just performing for like the family audience more the latter more the latter okay. yeah so it's just like i don't know what's the what's the word for for the high school thing that happens here i forget um when everybody like the showcase thing when everybody goes on stage and then just they just do like different performances and maybe, i'm forgetting i feel maybe like there's just a word that. for it I, I, yeah so there could be a couple of things that could just be like a you know spring showcase or something or some stuff like that yeah, yeah. or some theatrical thing or some musical theater performance yeah and in india it's like you're the focus is so much on studying that it's almost mandatory to take one of those classes and most folks gravitate either towards the music or the dance uh-huh. and i just happened to walk into the dance one and kind of stuck with it um yeah it was mostly just for fun you know yeah yeah cool now the the second part of your your dancing journey, mm-hmm. which was the uh, the Latin dance over section. here in yeah. the U.S. Yeah, and the the parter dance. You said you started in college. Was that like an undergrad or that was master? So I was okay. I came here to the U.S. for grad school, mm-hmm. and um, buddy of mine from grad school, he was like, "Hey, there's this class at the university gym, um, and a friend of mine goes there, and so let's check it out." So we go there, um, and it was like just a class run by other university students. And we are, it was like super, super basic, very, very beginner level class. And the most complicated move that I learned by the end of that semester was like a hammer lock. So I just knew like turns and crossbody leads and hammer lock and that's it. But the, the kind of inclusion that I felt, the kind of acceptance that I felt from that community, uh, that kind of stuck with me um, even after I left. And then the next semester, life got in the way, and some other stuff came up. I was too busy, whatever. But that's what brought me back 
and, and more recent past, you know. Um, so that's where it all started. Shout out Alan. If you ever listen to this, I'll forward you this, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very familiar. Cause, really? Um, yeah, I, I didn't start dancing until college myself. Yeah, doing a hammerlock was an issue for me initially. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any rhythm. I was stiff wow. as a plank. Really, that's every 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 bad thing you could well, I say bad, but everything you could imagine a beginner doing, I was doing every opportunity, every opportunity imagine. for improvement <laughs> that I had, I had. Yes. Wow, that's hard to believe, man. You're one of the best dancers I know. So. Uh, I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> you were literally no an instructor, one, man. What are you no talking one, about? No one will know this, and no one will ever hear it, or not. I don't know. <laughs> it's taken a long time to get there, though. It does take it does take work, but you have to have some sort of fascination for it. And mm-hmm. if you do, then it doesn't matter. I've seen people who have been at it for like two years, and and they're still not where they wanted to be, but they're still going at it because they just love doing this, you know. But yeah, that's where it started. And after uh, I moved to Richmond for work, um, I had no social life because I moved in uh, with my family to just save up pay off the student loans and whatnot Mm -hmm. and i was like okay my social life's limited to all the 40 year olds in glen allen virginia (laughs) and i need to find people my own age Uh, and then i remembered that oh there was this community that i was part of in college that was very cool this is a bigger city than that was so maybe there's a bigger one here and so i googled and i found found boris's class and and I went there, and, and it was too far from over there, so kind of didn't go after a couple of classes. And then after I moved out, I found it again, went back again, made some great, friend, great friends there. We all started going to socials, and then the rest is history. Here yeah. we are. Here we are. <laughs> when you were first starting out, how, mm-hmm. how did that feel? Like, what, what, what did you, like, what really hooked you, but then also, like, what, what were some stumbling blocks? Um, let's, uh, let's say that first starting out, let's, let's talk about when I recently, after I moved to Richmond, Mm -hmm. let's take the college one out of it because that was a whole different thing. Sure. Right. Um, and what really hooked me to it was that being completely honest, obviously it was great. We meet people, you know? Um, I'm, I was, well, I am this like introverted nerd, basically. Doesn't sound familiar at and all. <laughs> <clears throat> surprise, surprise. Uh, and I felt like this would be a nice way to just meet people. That's how it started. But then it just kind of brought back all that, all the fascination with dance and the excitement around it and everything. And to a point, and, and then I, when I went to class, I wasn't half bad. I wasn't like, you know falling over myself um, half the time in the class. So I was like, okay, I actually enjoy doing this. And I'm not half bad as a beginner because I had the little background from college. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, it helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you know how to do the basic before going to class, it, it does help a lot. So I was like, hey, I'm having fun. I'm meeting, I made some great friends um, over there. And I was like, okay, I can be a part of this. And this community is still as inclusive as I remember it being. And so... Just spiraled from there. Made me stay. It wasn't really anything that turned me off to it, really. 
But I would say, and maybe we digress into this uh, again later, but there was definitely a point where, because it, I started with salsa, like most of us do, mm-hmm. and there was definitely a point where I was like, okay, I like bachata more. <laughs> I don't really love salsa that uh-huh. much. Um, it's fine, I like it, but bachata, I like bachata more. And and then the whole bachata journey started. And um, But yeah, I guess maybe that's the only like thing where like pot patched diverged at some point mm-hmm. you know and yeah it's been fun yeah we can we can sparse parse that out <laughs> a, a little bit more later on sure thing how much traveling have you done uh for dancing yeah Ooh, i think it's safe to say that i was probably uh one of the pioneers of doing day trips to northern virginia in a single day on a weekday, leaving for salsa room at like six after work, and then coming back at two a.m. Oh, you were one of day. those people. I was one of those people. Oh man, I want to say I was probably the trendsetter. Wow, for one of those things. Um, if you did it before me, don't come and fight me, please. But yeah, I was going at it. Um, particularly because you know, like we like we talked about, like bachata scene up there is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, in Richmond, people do bachata, but compared to there, it's it's very, it's very different. There are like a lot of different like bachata sub scenes mm. or sub communities in Northern Virginia. For sure, like people like intermingle and go in and out wherever they want, but there yeah. are definitely like yeah, yeah. There there are lots of instructors and lots of different events going on. And you even find now. you find everybody there and. Particularly if you're attracted to like urban style or sensual style, then definitely there were more dancers there for that mm-hmm. than in Richmond. It's only just breaking ice in Richmond. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of traditional dancers here, but if that's not your thing, if you're not in the mood for that, you know, for dancing that all night, um, it's great to go up there. Yeah. And it seems daunting at first, but once you start driving, once you start doing it every week, driving up there twice a week, it's it's part of life. You just just imagine you're like in Chicago or something where your commute is two hours, you know, or New yeah, York. Yeah, this is true. Like you'll you'll adjust your life if that's a regular thing that you yeah. need to do. Uh, if you find what you're looking for, the the drive makes it worth it. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I think it's not as bad going up there on some random weeknight versus going up there on like a Saturday late morning to late afternoon. It's not really. I think it's a whole perception thing. Um, it's just like if someone lives here in Richmond in Short Palm, uh, their perception is that Richmond City is so far away. Mm-hmm. But it's not really. It's like 20 minutes. So it's it's all relative. And once you start driving there, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, going up there or going sideways to Virginia Beach or going down, like a lot of people in the Zook scene go to Charlottesville quite frequently yeah. on a weekday. Yeah, which you know once you start doing it, it doesn't seem that daunting. I've done it, and I know. <laughs> and if you have friends in the car, it becomes like a nice little road trip situation, yeah, and it's that, so much fun. That's a big thing because yeah. doing it on your own, it's way more. It like Can it be feels a bit way more daunting and boring than. Uh, the the like incentive doesn't stay if you're just doing it by yourself. Yeah. Because you feel like, oh, it's just me. Never mind. I'll go next week. Yeah. 
But if you've made plans, if you've committed to it with other people, it's like, okay, this is happening. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. And it's, it's always fun. It's like twofold because you you have a car full of people that you can talk to the whole way and complain about either traffic or lives or or, or other fun. dancers or other dancers <laughs> if you want to get spicy. <laughs> um, so you can just like you know have fun on the drive there when you're with people, and then also if you have people that you're with and. You you can't just leave when you're like when you when you pass, feel like it when you feel yeah. like it or when a few minutes pass and you haven't danced and you're like ah well time to go because you have to gather everyone up and in that time you could just end up dancing for another hour. That's definitely true. Um, I'm happy to say that I've had quite a nights where I've closed down TSR and then <laughs> left on a weeknight. Oh, those were the days, man. Those were the days. Those were the days. And it's always nice to have on the drive back in the middle of the night. It always it's always nice to have someone who can just feed you McDonald's chicken nuggets yes. while you're driving. Yes, it's extremely convenient. Uh, the main purpose of having a dance friend to take with you is so that they can feed you while you're driving. Yes, or vice versa. <laughs> or vice versa yeah. if they're driving. Although somehow I always ended up driving. I don't know mm. that well, yeah. what's up with that, but anyway. Still, being fed chicken nuggets is a very intimate experience. <laughs> I don't know about intimate, but it was definitely convenient. Yes, and necessary. <laughs> and necessary. Yeah. Because in all this, you sometimes forget dinner. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you had one tequila shot, and now you're drunk, so you need God. food. Even even if you've had dinner, if you dance for like three hours, mm-hmm. and you're pretty consistently dancing and not just you know yeah. looking, yeah. you're hungry afterwards. You're definitely... Like you, you need something. Yeah, there's... And sometimes that something is, you know suspicious breaded things from mcdonald's you just want to stuff your face yeah is what you want yeah um and there's i've heard this argument there's like two kinds of dancers one who like to eat before dancing and one who like to eat after and i definitely want to fall in i definitely fall into the the latter category i think i'm an a b type for that oh really yeah <laughs> then i need do both i mean obviously can't eat too much before because that's like true, i true my my favorite style is like the cuban dances like, yeah. like casino and, and like miami style salsa you to move and you, be on your feet a lot you need to you need to be quick so you can't have that much food yeah but then you have enough to get you through some dances and then you burn all the food off and you want some more food afterwards yeah i'm definitely option b if i have like even half a plate of fries i'm too i feel too bloated to like move around and so i don't eat i starve myself and then i stuff my face later and that's how things get out of control with with your body Uh, (laughs) yeah the i definitely was not my healthiest even if i wasn't necessarily unhappy during the pandemic because Mm -hmm. i still wanted to eat all the things I would eat if I was <laughs> if I was dancing, but I was not dancing. So right, right. That part definitely was a little hurtful. I totally didn't eat meat for four months to kind oh, of oh wow counteract that. Mm. It worked. It looks like it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honestly like I don't think my body changed that much, but my I the felt number better. on the scale changed. A little bit, but it mm. felt it just felt better too. It's it's and also, also it also ties back to dancing. Like if you feel lighter on your feet, it's the dance is more fun. And if you feel like you're having trouble moving around, it's just not. Yeah, you know. 
when you're like a little bit more in shape, I'm I'm definitely not. Mm-hmm. But like having been able to run more in the last year than I had oh, before nice. ever in my life. Yeah. There is a notable difference in like how long you can keep dancing versus just for sure before. Yeah. Like Awanila, whatever, man. That's not that's not an issue anymore. I can I can get through that song. Well, <laughs> assuming I ate properly and slept properly, and, but and, and you don't puke all, all over the dance floor. Well, but. yeah, that hasn't been an issue so far. That's great, but man. Like it it, uh, great. it makes a difference. I've seen I have seen this thing make a lot of difference just in me because I have gone up and down throughout the last couple of years, but you know before the pandemic and during. And I've just seen a, a whole new difference in my dancing. And the the kind of dance that I usually like to do, the urban bachata, central bachata, it's a lot of weight management, basically. Yeah. It's a lot of balancing yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, using your core to do things. And and if your core is going to make you fall on your face, <laughs> you can't really do anything. Yeah. Uh, so I've felt that off-balance effect lately. Uh, but hopefully once I chop this weight off... Um, I can, I can feel that lightness again, and moving around. So it'll be fun. Anyway, it's not like I'm going dancing right now. So, but you can still train. Still train. Still, still practice. And you can still practice, yeah. and you can still practice with people that you care about. Absolutely. Keep that circle small and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back down that path then, since we <laughs> okay. found ourselves circling back. Yeah. Uh, you fell in love with bachata. I did, yeah. What about it? Um, well, one of the main things was that at the time I was going to the gym a lot after work, and I would be exhausted by the time I went down went dancing. And doing salsa just felt like spending a lot of energy that I did not have. Um, and bachata just felt calmer. And, you know, the whole argument about, like, beginner bachata is much easier than beginner salsa or even advanced beginner. Um, So it felt easier, but eventually it was also all about the music just felt more flowy and the dance just felt more smooth. Um, I heard heard this comparison somewhere in some Congress once um, that salsa is like fire and bachata is like water. And I feel like that reflects what these two dances feel like really well. And for most nights, I was not looking for that fire dancing. I was looking more for the smooth flow dancing. And and then I got into it and then just uh, stuck with it. And I, I like salsa music and I like the dance, but it's just I'm so into bachala now that I kind of want to reach a level here before I start exploring salsa again. Yeah. I got really into Avatar last year. Avatar, the, the last... The, the last Avatar. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I watched the whole series over yeah. the summer. Earth, and water, I, fire. Yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about exactly that at, at some point, and then again now. And that's that's an apt comparison. Salsa is definitely the one I pegged as, like, salsa people are the, the firebenders, and yeah. bachata people are definitely the waterbenders. And Zook is air. Yeah. Um, very airy credit to the zook artist who were t- who was talking about this at the congress because this was in a zook class that uh-huh. i heard this um i don't remember their name sorry but <laughs> but yeah that's what that's what attracted me to it it's like there's this thing of you're in the moment with another person just completely connected with them and just 
flowing with them and that kind of connection without it having be an intimate thing was just a very good um place to be i felt like and it just felt good you know and to other people doing that intense high energy salsa and doing those spins and and that connection feels amazing so it's kind of to each their own but to me that part was the more attractive one yeah and like a, a lot of people don't understand the um i mean they're they're like on that memes page on facebook there yeah. are <laughs> there are all sorts of gross things about like bachata dances and whatnot. for sure yeah um and so like people don't really get that yeah you're dancing very close to each other but like both of those people already have like their own partners let's say mm-hmm. yeah um, but like they can still do a dance and have a lot of fun and like be really close together and share that moment but just go their separate then, ways afterwards yeah separate right yeah. after yeah and i think i feel like that's a beautiful thing to be able to share that with someone and then not have it become a thing you know for one song mm-hmm. it's it's a love story that lasts for a song yeah <laughs> that is, that is a, like a really cool way of looking at it <laughs> that page yeah it does make one bad it's like it's all in good fun because they make fun of Zuckers a lot and they make fun, uh, fun of Central Bachata a lot. And I'm like, people who do these dances, like people who genuinely like those, doesn't matter to them because we're out here having fun, you know? Yeah. It's fine. I don't know where your um, humor is coming from, but you do you, my friend. So, Traveling. Mm-hmm. You uh you went up to the salsa room a lot once, I once did. upon a time. Yeah, and then classes and boot camps there too. Yeah, yeah. just started expanding. Yeah. What what have you learned up in your travels compared to like where you started out down here in Richmond? Well, the biggest thing is that there's a bigger world out there. Uh, there's more dances. There's more subtypes of certain dances and. Richmond is a tight-knit community and exposed to certain kinds of dances, so you don't really know um, until you really explore. Um, and and things can be said about any community anywhere. Like, not, no one, nowhere is perfect. But but if you if you travel out and you see the, the things that they're doing in a certain area, it's it's just very interesting to explore something new, uh, which is what I love. I like exploring new stuff. Um, but if you're someone who likes to, is more comfortable with the familiar, then you stick with that and, and that also works. Yeah. Um, but for Bachala specifically, when I started, when my fascination for Bachala started, I, I saw a few videos online and I looked at that and I was like, I want to be able, I want to be able to dance like that, but I don't know how. And I couldn't really find how here in Richmond, mm-hmm. but I was able to find it uh, up in Nova. Um, and so that was also definitely a factor of like, okay, I can learn this style over there. I can learn salsa here and I can learn urban bachata there. And it's just plain simple as that. <laughs> what styles have you trained in a lot in, in Northern Virginia or, or where else you've gone to? Um, it, it has mostly been Northern Virginia and it has mostly been 
urban and central bachata because northern virginia has become sort of a hub for the whole dmv area and it's kind of become a centralized place for dancers coming in from maryland from north carolina from virginia anywhere and because of that there's just way more people who can dance that certain style or those certain styles um instead of five of your friends that you dance with all the time you know and it's just nice to find that over there and um i was so scared the first time i went there the first time i actually went there was for dcbx okay that's a and large experience it was a large experience and i was like a beginner and i had only been in richmond um and that this DCBX plan happened, and I was like, okay, let me go. And I was so scared walking into that room at night, um, the bachata room. I was like, no one's going to want to dance with me. Um, everyone's going to be like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, whatever. But I went there, and I had a great time. And I was able to do some moves um, that people were able to just follow seamlessly that I was struggling with in Richmond just because the dance style wasn't familiar to a lot of people. And it just felt like a good, really good fit. Like things just fell into place that night for me. And I felt like, okay, I need to be around these dancers, these people more. And that's where it all started. And then people that I met there became friends with, they recommended stuff and they recommended instructors and places to go and stuff like that. And it just, your, your network grows and you find new things. Yeah, it is a really awesome part of dance. Like this, you have that inherent connection that like you, you, you and this other stranger really enjoy doing this one thing. Yeah, and so from there, like things can just blossom, and like you can you can make a whole bunch of other connections. And if it it has been a good dance for the both of you, it, there's like a friendship that comes out of it, like uh, a respect for each other, a fascination for each other, and. And and that friendship can lead to just you helping each other out in a lot of things too, you know. So that's definitely a beautiful thing. Yeah. So what year was that DCBX, if you can remember? Uh, that was the last one that happened. It was 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. The summer time. The August. Yeah. Okay. That was a wild time. That was that was it. And after that, I that the whole TSR thing started with me, and kept going until I want to say December or Jan of that year um to the point that i was almost burning out definitely yeah um my friends were like you need to take a break and i'm like yeah but i have tickets to this thing and then that instructor is coming and then this social and then that friend's throwing a party so can't really get out of any of that um it just went from not knowing what to do with yourself on the weekend to there's three things i need to do this weekend yeah when we were talking, I think before I hit record about how how wild things were getting, yeah, like for you too, yeah. Twenty nineteen <laughs> into into twenty twenty, there were definitely uh, it was it was going to be dicey with the the amount of stuff that was going on, one right after the other. Can't do a lot. You burn yeah. out. It's as simple as that. The the apartment was going to be um, messy, <laughs> from lack of chore doing, <laughs> for sure. But things change. Yeah, my roommates um, at the time they were they used to be like, "We barely see you. Where are you? Like, we never see you at the house because I'm either working or dancing or I'm just not in Richmond." Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I would, I literally had moments. I have three, I had three roommates at the time and there would be like, we would go days before I see them just like in the living room or kitchen or something. And not healthy. That was not really very healthy for sure. Mm-hmm. Mentally speaking, but it's like the world said, calm down, take a break for two years. <laughs> Too long. Sorry. Sorry. World. It was... <laughs> The lesson we can take from this is it's all the dancers' fault, probably. Definitely. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if like eighty percent of dancers that listen to that would go, "Yeah, I was also doing a lot at the end of twenty nineteen, and and I was gonna burn out." <laughs> it's funny that like, um, for some people, like we couldn't stop doing dance stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, that ended up just being like learning more about more about Cuban music. Really, and just That's like interesting. trying trying to learn more and like understand the the insane amount of rhythms in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for other people, got a lot of information and knowledge from online classes. And they were already really good dancers before. Yeah, but then in the the brief window of time we all had to hang out with throughout the summer. You see, holy crap, they're, like, amazing. They're the best. They might be the best dancer in the East Coast or something like that now. (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a dichotomy there where certain people just kept working on their dancing so well that they came out of this whole thing, like, at a whole different level that they went in. I mean, well, I went back. (laughs) I definitely went a level back, uh, feeling super rusty. And I know social dancing can bring that back, but right now it's just my time to calm down so yeah i don't uh, like do what you want but personally for me um i'm gonna like chill for yeah. a second and that's totally fine the rest is healthy for everyone rest is healthy for everybody and i really think like if you're if there's something you're not getting it's helpful to like take a step back and yeah do something else and then try to come back to come it. Come back to it. Yeah. Your your brain just might be working on putting those neurons together, making those connections that whole time. Then you come back to it and things just click. That's definitely true. It's always nice to take a break anyway. Mm-hmm. As much as uh as, as as much as we like to play the overworked victim card, it's always nice to take a break for you. Yeah, vacations are important for work and sometimes for <laughs> dance. <laughs> work and or dance. Yes. <laughs> to work things. Something uh, I just wanted to touch on a little bit since um, while we were on break, we, we talked about it. Was sure. Introverts and extroverts in the dance community. Yeah. I think when you when you're in the community, if you stop and think about it, you can kind of tell. Like even, mm-hmm. even of like people who are like dancing pretty much the entire time. Yep, you can you can separate out like who's who are the introverts and like who are the extroverts and that. Yeah, and I think it's important to call out that it's not about who is being introverted or being extroverted. It's more about who is at their core an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah. And fortunately or unfortunately, most extroverts are oblivious to the fact that there exists introverts in this world. 
um because it's hard for them to comprehend that that other side of things some of them don't even know that they're extroverts and and that introverts are a thing um but it's interesting being in the dance scene as as an introvert because you are spending your mental energy as an introvert when you're out there um and you're doing and doing one of the most social things that you can possibly do um at least at a at a frat party or something you can just take your cup and stand in a corner and not talk to anyone but when you're out there dancing you're out there dancing um and it's easy to spot like you said like you can always see that the introverts they just need to step away for a second mm-hmm. and you you just want you either go outside you go to the bar you go to the bathroom even even the, the 30 seconds in the bathroom is like I have had many moments where I just went to the bathroom, just went in there, took a, took a deep breath, and that was my recharge. And I was able to come back out again, and that was fine. Yeah. Um. When when Champion was still around in Richmond, I the tables were a lifesaver. Those tables behind like, yeah, there, being, yeah. Being able to go to a table and like grab Definitely. my yeah. grab my bag and have some water and not dance for a song or two it's it's more challenging in venues where there's constantly people around you like mm-hmm. havana for instance yeah. like there's no escape there even if you go upstairs it's still people there um but yeah mostly for me the thing has been to just like either go to the bathroom or just go out for a second you know yeah go out take a deep breath i actually that reminds me of an interesting example actually if you want to go into this so I was at Master of Bachata um, in Virginia Beach yeah. in 2019. And I had a great time dancing on Friday night. But on Saturday night, I went there at the social at like midnight or something. That's when I usually go to the social. And I started dancing and I had a couple dances and I was just not having a good time. And I don't know if it was the dances, if it was, if it was, it was me, if it was what I was wearing, my outfit, whatever. Um, I had no idea what was happening. And I was just feeling really low and I was not enjoying the dances. And I was like, what's going on? It's the same dancers as yesterday. So it's not the dance. Um, and so to to a point that I wanted to go back to the room. And I was like, tonight's not going to happen. I'm just going to go go to bed. So I left the the room. And the, ho- the, the way that hotel is, it's like there's one building which has all these rooms where the Congress happens. And then there's another building where all the actual hotel rooms are. And so I went out um, to go to the room, and then I it was raining, so I just was waiting for the rain to stop. And I was just standing there in the parking lot for like 15 minutes, just listening to the rain and just being there for a second. And I felt like I didn't realize until that moment that that's what was missing, that maybe I was just too tapped out with my, um, you know, my energy Um, around people that I just needed to calm down and I was there for like 15-20 minutes and I was just standing there breeze on my face listening to the rain barely any people around and then I went back and I had a great night danced till 6 a.m god damn (laughs) I know and it's powerful sometimes it can be yeah and it's probably important for people who don't realize that they're introverts because there's this certain definition attached to being an introvert. And when you don't fall into that, you don't realize that 
just because you don't fall into that definition doesn't mean that you need to recharge like that for a moment. And that was just changed my night completely. Just those 15 minutes out in the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. it was definitely strange, but I had a great time after that. No, well, that, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind if I'm ever struggling yeah. when, when things kick back up again. <laughs> Um, cause I, I've definitely had to just like completely tap out and be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going, this is um, not the night. And it's, it, it more, more recently it was a case where there wasn't like a hotel right, right, right next door. Right. Um, so you just like leave. when, when you're done, you're, yeah. you're done. And like, I, I was pretty done that night and like, I felt bad cause I was there with people and, um, I had to, I had to leave with one of my friends. Um, but Mm-hmm. If, if it had been like a different sort of setup i might have just been able to go back to it yeah go back to yeah. it after like half an hour or something and i maybe i was also just really tired sure the next sure. day yeah the next day i was like oh why did i feel like that i could have gone on for like another <laughs> two hours um but yeah it, it's it's weird because like it's not that i don't like being around people or anything Mm -hmm. but it it, i do just need to step away from everything and just have my own thoughts to myself for a little while even yeah these like crazy like crazy dance events it's the uh it's the currency right that's the term that you you run out of your mental energy currency when you're around people Mm -hmm. because every time you interact you spend some of that currency yeah and the only way to get it back is to get out of there and recharge. Yeah. Um, this has happened to me a lot, by the way, where I would be at a class and everybody would be like, okay, after class, we're going to Emilio's or Cabana or some other social. And I'd be like, I don't want to, I really want to go. I'm just, I'm not just going to go home. I'm not really in the mood for it. And I would go in the car and start driving. And then suddenly I'd be like, no, I can totally go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, and yeah. then I end up going there and have, having a blast. Yeah, and just taking a step back just makes you recharge like that, and it's yeah. amazing. And I think so- sometimes, like just stepping back and being on your own, has been helpful. But sometimes, just like having a casual conversation with people, like sometimes you don't have to be on your own, and like I, like I can just recharge from just talking to people that i like to talk to sure that makes sense like yeah like not not even not in a group or anything but even just like one-on-one i i can just have some conversation with somebody and then at the end of that i've forgotten what i was upset about and then <laughs> continued on my merry way dancing that, or otherwise that's interesting yeah that that can also happen it's it's a really interesting blend for dancers when when some of us are introverts yeah because we're clearly doing an extroverted activity as introverts so it's a very interesting blend yeah of emotions and everything and one of the things i think about dance is it doesn't yeah you have to be around people and that's great and Mm -hmm. sometimes like you just no i need to go away but there there are just so many other aspects about it that do still appeal to people who like have a certain love of like technique or yeah it's like complexity mm-hmm. or just like they the just like the activity 
yeah just digging into the methodical and analytical aspects of it and mm -hmm. that's pleasing and exciting yeah for sure like it's a it's a creative outlet i found for a lot of like stem people it is i think um you see a lot more up north too and you'd be like this zooker who is amazing at doing zook his day job is actually a software engineer yeah and at first it takes you like as a bit of a oh really and then it's like yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. i'm i'm just like that so yeah there are so many people i know from asukar um the the club that's um up in george mason university yeah who are like in like software or it or some sort of like hard scientific route yeah but they're what they do when they're not doing their work is they dance a lot right um and i wonder if i mean we're calling it an extroverted activity but i wonder if this is a perfect channel for introverted folks to be able to have a social life and a community yeah um i used to use this term called a forced platform of interaction Ooh. and it's like as an introvert it was and i was like introvert introvert uh, a few years ago and it was hard to just make friends just go and talk to someone as an introvert but if there's a forced platform of interaction like a group project for example or a volunteer work throwing things out there you know or you belong to a club um could be i don't know knitting club whatever there's a, a platform of the interaction has to happen there mm -hmm. it's going to be forced yeah and then it can continue or not continue from there but that initial getting started part which is the hardest part that gets taken care of in a way i feel like yeah and so maybe that's a big appeal to introverts like us that we don't have to put that that immense amount of mental energy into that and it just happens yeah like don't don't have to worry about small talk exactly it's like why talk about anything other yeah. than music just, and dance hey do you want to dance yeah. let's go dance that's it yeah and then if you happen to have some other shared interest with them like that you just go explored, on from there sure. yeah yeah uh, i'm sure you've had this and i'm sure every single dancer has had this before where they would have this dance where you just don't talk you're just quietly dancing with each other and it was the best dance and you don't even know that person's name and it's just things like that little escapes like that that maybe despite being an extroverted activity it's appealing a lot to introverts so interesting yeah I'm glad we went down this avenue. Me too. Um, but let's switch gears sure. now. Because, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you're also a DJ. I am indeed. And so that's a completely <laughs> different aspect of the the whole dance community. The whole scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, so talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. Um well, again, the roots go back to the music thing. Um, I grew up in a very musical family, not as in that we were all musicians, but but my mom, my dad, everyone's like fond of music, you know, so we would always have the radio playing in the house and stuff like that. And I used to listen to these like 
DJs who would DJ on the radio uh, on like Saturday nights or stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that seems pretty cool. That's where it kind of started. And when I when I moved to the U.S., I, I was at a party at my uncle's. He was throwing a Halloween party. And I was bored out of my mind. And I was like, because it's not like there's people my age there that I can just talk to. It's either like 40, 50-year-old you know, family folks or it's kids. And I don't fit into either of those groups. And so I was like, why don't I just DJ at this party? And so I just went to Sam Ash. I rented a bunch of equipment and I, you know, obtained a bunch of songs, quote unquote. I just set it up and I just played songs that night and DJed and everyone danced and had a great time. And I was like, all right, this was a lot of fun. And then someone reached out to my uncle saying, hey, who was the DJ at your party? I want to I wanna ask him uh, like for my party. And so it went from there to the next one to the next one. And I, I was doing these for free. And then I started charging money to like cover the rental equipments and stuff. And this was like two years ago. And this was in the Indian like house parties and private parties scene and the dance scene. Yeah, I think I remember actually when you were just like disappearing from the, the dance spaces for a couple of I, at a time. There was like a couple like breaths of time where I was just gone. And because I just got too busy with all the DJing stuff. And so I'd be, I've been doing that for like two years now, um, including the COVID lull, of course. But um, And that's been going pretty well. And then... I came, it came to a point where I was going to socials and a lot of time I was like, uh, I like the space. I like the dancers, but these are not really the songs that I'm enjoying. Um, and I was like, wait, I DJ in that scene. Why don't I try DJing here? And so like very recently I've started breaking into the Latin DJ scene and it's been interesting. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. And one great thing about it is that I actually get to dance while I'm DJing, which is not something that I can really do in the Indian DJing. That's very chaotic evil over <laughs> there. It's very messy. Um, this is more structured because you have the whole song that you can play and then the next song and, and, and whatever. You can time things. Yeah, and so you can... And, and then there's most of the time there's one more DJ uh, and so you can just take a break too. Mm -hmm. And I've been loving it so far. It's a lot of fun. I, I managed to get out to your events... Um, here in Richmond at Aloft before I had to self-quarantine for a couple of days during a, a scare. Yeah, um, I, I remember seeing you there. Yeah. yeah. How'd you like it? It was good. I, I really enjoyed listening to all like the all the different stuff you played. Awesome. Yeah. I just want to have this freshness to the, to the music. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like my main thing that I shoot for. Like, okay, but we've all heard NS Mia a thousand times. Can I, can I play something else? Or are you guys going to dance on that? You know? And most of the time, it's like everybody loves uh, the the new songs. And of course, there's the hits there too that, that everybody loves. Yeah. And so it's like a nice mix, I feel. Um, and we'll see where this goes. But so far, I'm having fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool position to be in because you can... Well, not you can. You just... You straight up are introducing people to like stuff that they haven't heard before either like experienced dancers who like just just haven't heard a specific song before or sure. just new people where this is their first stuff they're hearing at like their first bachata class that's true yeah and so you're you're making a mark 
Oh, that's very kind of you to say. I hope that's happening, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, um, it's still fun though. I'm I'm just out here having fun, and that was always the thing with DJing. It was never about um, trying to create a profession out of something. It was always about I was just having so much fun doing it, and. I was like, wait, I, I love dancing. Why don't I just try DJing over here too? And that's also a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been going great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy for your success early on, and hopefully things are nicer, and you can keep on. Thank you. Spreading throughout <laughs> the entire Virginia dancing, taking it over. <laughs> Start with one small Congress, and then take over. Take over East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any um, differences you notice in like the very in the various communities that you've traveled around to, like culturally, just how people interact? Well, yeah. Um, the big difference that I saw, and let's let's just talk about the two big communities that I've been a part of, which is ones here in Richmond, and then the other ones, the Nova community. The big difference is that Richmond community kind of feels like it's all your family and friends. It's a very tight-knit. Everybody knows everybody. There's very few outliers who are, who are regulars that you see everywhere, but they're just not part of the community somehow. Um, but most people you know, most people you see everywhere, and it's just very tight-knit and very family-like. Um, didn't really see that in Nova because there the rotation is higher because the amount of people is large. And so, yeah, you'll see familiar faces every now and then and everywhere. And then you tend to like make friends like that and whatever. But that's the sense of a a tight knit family is not there because first of all, it's all mostly, um, a very younger crowd Mm -hmm. and, the rotation of people you're dancing with in one night compared to the next night is just completely different because it's bigger venue, a lot more people there. And so you don't really get that sense of, I know everybody here. Yeah. But you do get the sense of, I know that pocket of people and I do know that pocket of people over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if there's anything to say to that, but that's definitely a difference. I think no- Northern Virginia is just also such an enormous area that, Exactly. Like even geographically and just number of people that That is true. It you're bound to break apart into and smaller sections. Even if you take like the Salter Room as an example, and at the time it was in Arlington, maybe twenty percent of people there were actually from Arlington. It's people driving up driving down from Maryland, it's people driving in from like Leesburg, Ashburn, that whole area. Obviously from Richmond, you know, hashtag yeah. represent. <laughs> um, Virginia Beach even, everywhere. And it's like those who travel for dancing, they go everywhere. But it's like it all converges in Northern Virginia, particularly for Bachata. And so you see people from everywhere, but there's not a sense of, I'm definitely, definitely going to see these people next time I go there. Which is here. You You go to a social, you're seeing... 20 people there that you absolutely know that you just saw them two days ago at the different social. Yeah. And if you yeah. don't see them, you're like, oh no, what happened? What happened? The... Why did yeah. why did XYZ not show up? Yeah. Are they okay? Oh, you know? they moved out? What? <laughs> I mean, usually, you know, 
Usually, you know, because yeah. <laughs> there's group chat yeah. that you're a part of. So we have that. Now, um, the, the fun questions. Ooh. We, well, we already know your favorite dance. Absolutely. Bachata. Bachata. Okay. For sure. I, I should have thrown in something crazy stupid in there. <laughs> Missed opportunities. Now, so within bachata, what are what are some things you like doing? Like your, your signature moves or stuff you really enjoy? <laughs> uh, booty rolls are some of my favorites. Some of my favorite moves. It's always a fun little spice to throw into the dance. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's me doing them yeah. or me leading them. It's always fun to just get them in there. Um, but the the central part of the central bachata scene is definitely attractive. It's just the amount of connection you have, and to be able to just lead without leading, you know, without you have these strong communication through your hands in regular dancing but in central bachata it's your hands are barely doing anything you're just leading with your body and that kind of connection just feels amazing and if it's the right song um that you're really vibing to it's just one of the best dances you can have and what are some of those songs Ooh, okay um hookah and sheridan's good one uh Lysteria is a good one and apologies if i'm butchering the pronunciation but um all right so what have been some of your favorite festival or event experiences or venues festival or, or event experiences or venues that's an interesting question because i haven't been dancing for that long really uh, 2019 was basically the year that I was dancing a wow. lot. Mm-hmm. So the only big stuff that I'd been to was like DCBX, Master of Bachala, RVA, SPC. Um, and hands down, DCBX was definitely the most fun one. I don't know if it was being to a Congress the first time or it was the most exciting or it was the international artists or what. But that was definitely the most fun one for me. Um that said, both Master of Bachata and RVA Salsa Bachata Festival were phenomenal. Um, kind of probably because my confidence of being in a congress, um, particularly at a at a social of a congress, was boosted after DCBX because no one kicked me out of there and was like, you don't know how to dance, get out of here. Um, and I definitely probably enjoyed those more because of that. Um, dance venue is an interesting question because that depends on what you're looking for. Uh, if you just want to go dance with friends, any of these dance venues in Richmond were, were great. I have always heard that Viva La Bachata socials were the place to be. That all great Bachata dancers show up there and it's just fantastic uh, experience from start to finish. And I'd never been to one until um, recently, the uh, July 4th weekend. And I had a great time there. Even though the venue was a bit not ideal, not perfect. Um, it could have been. It could have been. Because we started out with two rooms and I was there too. Yeah. So when I got there very early, and oh, like okay. the, the the top floor had like plenty of people dancing, but there sure. was also a, like a basically an overflow room. On, right, right, right. That's what the, I heard too. level yeah. down. Yeah. 
But then that got taken over by some other event that was it very just unhappy with. It was like a regular normal people event. Yeah, normal people. <laughs> normal people <laughs> event. Civilian, civilians. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a little bit crowded, but... And it was just a teeny bit scary to be in that crowded event all of a sudden. Yeah. After being away from people for so long. But it was a pretty good event. DJ Immersive knows what he's doing. He's he's a pretty good DJ. Shout out Emerson, you know? Yeah. Shout out for playing a, an incredibly fast, like, traditional bachata <laughs> song that my friend made me dance. I had a lot of fun, but, yeah. God, my calves are I, just I screaming at I me. I might have danced with that one, too. <laughs> it was a lot. So I don't know. I've only been to one, um, and maybe I'll go to again, more again in the future. But that's what I've been hearing. So we'll see what happens. Well, there's also the thing of who remains standing after COVID is done. Like the events that we used to go to before COVID. Yeah. Half of them don't exist anymore. Yeah. You know. So we'll see what happens when all is said and done. But TSR has been a good bet. Um, particularly on Wednesday nights is when the OG crowd shows up. And, you know, weekends is party crowd, but Wednesday nights are like dancers, dancers. So, uh, But actually, that brings me back. Uh, I want to go back to that question you asked earlier about the difference between dancing here and dancing in Northern Virginia is that somehow Northern Virginia doesn't seem to have any of these super tight spots as the, as the most popular spots. Mm-hmm. Most of the places that I have been to dancing over there, just a lot of space to dance. And in Richmond, it was mostly the opposite. Yeah. Mostly you're going to a venue and it's too tight. It's very hard to dance. Uh, you have to have a lot of spatial awareness. Yeah. Before throwing people into dips and windmills and what have you. And I, it might just be a city thing too, because yeah. in, in DC, there are several spaces that are just really tight and you have to be careful yeah and the one time i went out dancing in philadelphia the the venue i went to it was the same thing it was just it was very long but it was very narrow sure yeah so you could like spread out longitudinally but then you just have to be careful of the like the walls the walls the (laughs) the other people trying to dance around you so it, it might just be a matter of the the amount of space is still available in Nova, even with the number of people. And hey, I'm sure there's a difference between having events where people don't pay a cover versus having events where people have to pay like $25 for a cover or whatever. Yeah, like it's it's expensive <laughs> to dance in Nova compared to Richmond. For sure. Like $5 versus 10, Particularly 15. if you're making money in Richmond and spending it in Nova. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's a... Richmond was cheaper once upon a time and that's also changed recently but yeah well people need to um make up for lost time mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm curious to see where where this goes because i've definitely seen a few players come out of this uh up more ahead than existing players yeah in some places and very interesting to see what happens when all is said and done well, this is a topic that comes up from time to time. And what's that? Dating in the dance scene. Oof, that's a tricky one. Is it? <laughs> it's a very tricky one. That's not false. Um, <laughs> what, what are some of your thoughts on that? 
unfortunately in the dance scene um it's infamous for having a lot of toxicity around that and a lot of people fall victim to that too so i think it's very tricky to be dating in the dance scene because it's it's so hard to spot and avoid that and so when you like start liking someone um there's always a caveat of do I really want to do this you know mm-hmm. um but then every now and then you find that this person's a great person yeah and it turns out into something amazing you know um that's what's happening to me right now so <laughs> what have your what has uh, your experience been it's tricky it is tricky isn't yeah. it tricky is the right word um and it's not it like it's fine um it can be fine um if you're like if you're mature about it and like you communicate clearly and whatnot if like if things like don't don't work out yeah then you know it's totally fine i think um communication and maturity trust these are like the biggest things well that falls more into the relationships in dance category really because i feel like there's a difference between dating in the dance scene and there's a difference between being in a relationship in a dance scene. This, yeah, true. So, if you if you categorize like that, if you compartmentalize like that, dating can be fun. You know, if you travel, even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when that turns into a relationship, there's communication is probably like the number one thing that needs to to stay there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it it can result into jealousy, um, frustration, whatever. I think w- what's important to note, and when I was talking to Mimi, this came up, is yeah. that most of the people, like mo- especially most of the regulars who are out and about, aren't out and about specifically to pick up people. Sure. It's just like, if you happen to like someone, you like you might hang out with them. Yeah. But like you're you're there to dance. Primarily. Yeah. Yes. So you're like you it's almost certain you're gonna find someone that you enjoy spending time with. Yeah. And that's that's totally okay. But if like it you will get noticed if you're there and constantly like harassing people or like asking people out or just like clearly there not to not for the not, love of dance not for the but, love of dancing yeah. but for trying to find a date and richmond dancing is really good at weeding these people out people who are making other people comfortable uncomfortable and just are just out there to um not even find love yeah but just 
just to pick up people and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's, that's the thing about that. There's another thing about the Richmond scene. Like everybody knows everybody situation, right? Yeah. It's like the, you've been saying it's like, it's tight knit. It's tight knit. So even a slightest ripple, um, everybody knows you, you talk to someone a little bit and everybody knows. Right. So I wonder if there's a sense of carefulness around that, that, maybe people want to stay secretive about their relationships for a long time, or maybe they don't explore certain options because they don't want to hear anything negative about themselves. Yeah. Um, I feel like I definitely saw a more free flowing environment in Northern Virginia around dating. Um, that said, people say that (laughs) the, the bigger the scene, the more toxic scene that's interesting so it's because you would think it would dilute more somehow but well because the rotation of people like i said is is so high that it's there's no one really protecting the community Mm. and so if there's a person out there who's only there to um who's only there being a predator he he doesn't even get noticed until enough people call him out Mm. Um, and and that's the extreme of the toxic nature and there's, and I'm talking more about the lesser extremes of just being, just dating someone who might not be the most emotionally mature person or Mm -hmm. more possessive or jealous or stuff like that. That always happens. We're all humans. Um, there's a whole debate about as a dancer, is it better to date a dancer or is it better to date a non-dancer? Because on one hand, you want to date someone who understands this part of your life. Um, but you also have to be comfortable with the fact that they're a dancer and they're dancing out there. And then on the other hand, the argument is, while this other person is not in the dance scene, they might not be comfortable with you dancing mm-hmm. with, with people because they don't understand it like you do. Yeah. So, you know, it's very interesting. Where that, do you fall? Yeah, that go that goes back to talking to people. Like, well, specifically if you're in a relationship, making sure like you're you that making sure exactly. you're able to like, you know, tell them the things you do and like you you don't have to be secret about X, Y, or Z. Definitely. Because like if you if you are just out dancing, um then and like and you really artists like hanging out with your friends and stuff that's yeah that's not something you should have to be secretive about exactly ideally if your partner isn't a like a a dancer themselves and doesn't go out then you know they they might not be okay with it because you're spending too much time away from them and that's a whole other thing but um, sure yeah yeah but i know you, you do have to you have to build like some sort of trust with with them so no, like, the the trust has to be there for sure, and and it only happens through communication. Yeah, um, and you have to be on the same page about things, um, because if you have a different understanding of things, then that can lead to that can just landslide mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. Um, if you can find that, 
Isn't that the most perfect thing, though? The which one? Um, when you have that trust and communication, and also with a dancer. Yeah. It's that like you get to have the best of both worlds. So it's an interesting topic, but there, and there's definitely, um, there's definitely have been bad experiences with, with people, with friends of ours and, and other people out there. But every now and then there's a story, which is, uh, ray of sunshine. Yeah. And with people who are just perfect for each other and they end up together and everything. It's just like numbers. Like mm. not not everyone in any community is going to, you know, be like. Well, not every couple in any community is going to like be perfect and hang around forever. Sure. So it, it's just the same in dance. It's just you're doing this sometimes intimate thing. That's the thing that dance has this extra factor of you are you have to be okay with your partner sharing the intimacy with other people too. And those who understand um, the difference between sensual and sexual know that there's borders um, that on this side, you're perfectly okay with the dance. And if you cross that line, um, you're in danger zone. And if you want to cross that line while being in a relationship, you're kind of shooting your own foot there. (laughs) Um, just be respectful, do it in a healthy way, um, communicate well, and it'll be fine. All right. Well, uh, we're reaching the end of our time here, but I also wanted to ask if you wanted to give a shout out to like any particular people or places or companies, instructors, etc. <laughs> Um, sure, yeah. Um, shout out to Boris and Anita because that's where it all started for me. Um, Boris's class was the first class I went to, um, and Aloft, Anita's baby, is the first social that I went to. Not only the first, or the first five socials that I went to. So they definitely hold a, a, a special place in my heart. So. Definitely shout out to them. Um, and, you know, shout out to Freddie, as we all know um, him as DJ Freddie, who DJs uh, sometimes at Havana. Um, he came up with the idea that maybe I should try DJing at uh, this private party that was happening at um, Eloises and Gordon's, you know, the Estradas. Uh, always a fun time. And shout out to them for letting me DJ over there, letting me dabble into it. So that was actually my first time DJing or Latin social period um, and Brian Lee was there Brian Lee who is a instructor in Northern Virginia um, who comes down to Richmond all the time for workshops and stuff um, his company stands to beat and he liked what I was doing and shout out to Brian for giving me my first official social to DJ at in Northern Virginia and it was a blast um, and just you know an amazing amazing guy an amazing instructor um, and shout out to my uh, girlfriend, Caitlin. Thanks for being there. Shout out to all my friends in Richmond. Always feels like family, you know? Present, company included. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've come to a point that 
a lot of nights I would go out not to really dance a lot, but just to see friends and just dance with friends. Mm-hmm. Like I would dance maybe four songs, but it would be with friends instead of strangers. Yeah. And I think that's special, which I don't know if that can be replicated somewhere, somewhere like Nova, especially if you're not planning to go with a group, mm-hmm. you know? So I wonder if that's a unique Richmond thing. Yeah, we're going to have to do some more traveling <laughs> and try to figure that out. For sure. I, I feel like we should travel more, more and more. Let's go out there and see what's out there. God, I need some money first. <laughs> some more money. Get the, get the side hustle going. Yeah, and hopefully that leaves enough time for <laughs> the traveling portion. Yeah. I'll, I'll work at the, the King's Dominion Halloween haunt or whatever it oh, is. Oh, God. <laughs> I heard that's good, though. It terrifies me. <laughs> no, just the prospect of having to deal with dumb young kids. Yikes. Did not even comprehend that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming by. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Having a this pizza a lot of fun. some caffeinated <laughs> beverage and water <laughs> and shout out atomic pumpkin oh, yeah. spice beer by voodoo ranger it's that time of year even though it is october <laughs> it's not october it's august 31st it's almost october it's essentially almost october <laughs> and then tomorrow the christmas decorations start coming up fantastic yeah. for sure but yeah thanks awesome, for coming man. by thanks a lot for having me thanks for tuning in if you have any questions or comments about our conversations or would like to appear in a future episode of the podcast, send an email to dancingquestions at gmail.com. Our theme song is Kiss and Tell, Breezy Bossa Nova by Keshko. The photograph used in our artwork was taken by Ardian Lumi, available on Unsplash. Logo and artwork were created by Lydia Francis. Please visit our website for links and further details. Also, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our latest content.